Hey, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, everybody, and welcome to your show and tell. Every week on Wednesdays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope you all set your clocks back and all that good stuff. So you're here at 7.30. And uh, it's dark out, but inside we have the warmth of making and creating and sharing. Uh, and that's what we're going to be doing for the next half an hour. Show off what you're making, crafting, 3D printing, sewing, trellising, coding. And uh, we'll all check it out and be like, wow, that's awesome and amazing. And, and you'll feel really good about yourself. And we're going to get out of here at 7.50. So uh, we'll Good call time. on you, unmute your mic, show something off like two to three minutes. We can get to everybody. And then we'll move on to the next person. Turn off with some Adafruit folks with Scott first. Hello. Um, thanks for having me, as always. Of course. Um, I I've been doing thanks USB. I, 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 uh, I have been doing USB. I'm, I'm moving CircuitPython to a shared USB stack for all of our different uh, MCUs that we work on, uh, and I've been polishing that up, so uh, that's super exciting. Uh, one, the thing that I wanted to show is that um, I use the Beagle 12, which we do carry, to intercept the USB traffic so I can see whether it's correct or not. And uh, their data center app is really, really good for the lowest level of USB, but it's really, uh, it's, it's less good for the higher level, like I'm doing a USB drive or I'm doing audio or I'm doing that sort of stuff. And that's because they don't um, interpret the packets for you on your behalf. Uh, but there's this open source project called Wireshark, which is the tool to understand packets of all sorts. Um, and back and when free. I was doing, huh? And it's free. And it's free. And so back, ages ago when I was doing USB before, I wrote the script that would take take a dump from the data center app from Beagle, convert it over so that Wireshark could use it, uh, which was helpful, but still kind of painful. So I uh, on Friday, I went in and um, hooked it up directly so I can use Wireshark to capture from the Beagle directly. So you should, I realize the font's small. I actually just increased it. So we'll see what happens when I when I select it. Um, but under here, there's a capture menu. And now I can select Beagle zero, which is the only one I have plugged in. So if I double tap that, I don't get anything. But if I uh, connect my USB device that's going through the Beagle, Ooh. I get, oh, it's giant. Gigantic fonts. Um, <laughs> well, at least you can read that. Um, you can see it's changing, so it's getting live data. And if I click in, you can see that it's taken the packet and interpreted it for me. So I can say, oh, that's USB mass storage, and this is the status of it. I realize that the font is gigantic, so it doesn't tell you that I much. I kind of like it. It's like very um, friendly. The, the, the giant font? Yeah, I feel like it's my friend. Yeah, well, I was, I, I, yeah, you know, screen sharing, it's like you want to make sure people can actually read it. So uh, I will change it back. I will not, it's at like 36. I won't leave it at that. Well, we see the uh, bytes, so we know it's real. Yeah, so if people are interested in de debugging their stuff um, and they want to help me with this because it's super early, it's super hacky, if I close it, it'll for I'll have to force quit the app. Um, but, you know, it works for a demo and yeah. it does help. It works well enough that I, it does help me debug. Uh, which is good. So uh, yeah. if you're interested, ping me on Discord. Um, love help on it. Okay. okay. Nice work, Scott. Nice work, Scott. Next up, Phil B, Paint Your Dragon. Hello What's there. Dragon in this week. 
I was not here last week, and I just realized I have not gone back to watch show and tell from last week. Was there like cool Halloween stuff going there on? Is. There's always cool Halloween stuff. I got to go watch that. There's also gonna be like cool Halloween stuff next week too. Like, kind of never stops. So. Yeah, yeah. No, th I'm 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 already getting started. All for long. Halloween. Halloween has started. Halloween 2019 has already yep. started. Anyway, before Halloween, I had uh, done a couple uh, updates to the I code. Um, you know, because like, you know, certain bands, they do a concert and they have to play a certain song or just people will walk out. It's like, I'm going to be doing these eyeballs like forever, I think. Yeah, so, I didn't um, need a pixel library update. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the projects was uh, using two Halloweens and uh, keeping the blinky eyes in sync. So they, they look the same way. They blink the same direction. And uh, that was just, it was a small update to the code. And then you use the little... Um, I score C cable between the two, and uh, they they stay in sync. Uh, so that was one project, and then another one uh, using a single uh, Halloween. You could you could run the same code on too. Um, it's a uh, a googly eye, like those rattly things that you get at at Michaels or um, you know like cheesy birthday cards always have them in there. So it's a software version of that. Uh, instead of just going into Michaels and getting googly eyes, you know. Well, I mean, this you want one immediately, and this is yeah. you could you can just build your own, exactly. and it's glowy. Yeah, no, I'm 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 being snarky. Of course, you want a digital googly eye. I mean, it's the ultimate in technology, right? Yes. So uh, that was that was the second project. There's two two new guides on the learning system uh, with the code for these. That's what I had going on. Okay. All right. Well, you did some great guides that people can follow along if you have. Halloween or Halloweens, you can uh, make the googly eye or the sink oh, eyes. More eyes. He just does eyes. He just he, does he eyes. He just does eyes. Okay. Next up. Right. Uh, no, Pedro. No, Pedro, what you got In the garage. On? Hey, folks. Hello. Hey. Uh, we, we 3D printed a bike light with some NeoPixels. Stay over here. Let me turn it on. So this is the handlebars, and I have this 3D printed light diffuser thing. Um, that's still extruded, so I have like this nice translucent filament going on the edge. When I turn it on, um, we get some nice kind of effect. Uh, it's kind of bright, so you can see the details in there, but it's pretty nice. Um, the fe It's a feather base, so we have the feather and the battery uh, toggle switch and this really cool RGB LED push button. Uh, cool thing about the push button is it has an RGB LED, so you can make it so that it uh, matches the NeoPixel, so when we push the button, it can change the colors in the LED. The RGB LED will match the NeoPixels. Very, very cool. Um, we have a learn guide that's up, so you guys can check it out. It's got uh, full build instructions, code, and uh, circuit diagram. Cool. So, nice, and thank you, Lamar, for putting it together. You know, when you wrote the code, it was my birthday, and that was like the best birthday gift I got. Oh, happy birthday. I didn't know that, but I, 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 you know what? Every day I try to make the code I write for y'all the best code ever. So it's like every day's birthday. Very much needed. Yes. So check it out. If you guys want to make your own, the files are up there. If you guys do uh, print your own or modify it for other things, like maybe a scooter or something like that, or you just put it on your, on your persons. It's pretty nice. Yeah. And this oh, is using Philby's uh, fancy LED code. Yeah. The yes. fancy LED library. And so, of course, if I'm, I probably forgot to mention, it is CircuitPython. So I can plug this into any computer, and the code is there. 
the libraries are on here. They're right there. I can access them. <laughs> it's a Python powered bicycle. Mind blowing. Well, it's yeah. funny that this is actually like a build that like I would have really needed that like Burning Man or something where it's like, oh no, I want to change my bike light colors to something else and you can't because you didn't bring his laptop with you, but now you can do it from a phone and stuff. Look at how technology has changed. All right, we'll be playing the video tonight on Ask an Engineer. All right, next up, Kenny, what are you, what are you glowing? I am glowing the uh, Neotrellis M4 Express. Um, I, when you gave me the first board, um, it had an Arduino demo on it where you could toggle the LEDs, and I have since then been trying to do the same thing on CircuitPython and have done so. Good work. It uses dictionaries to store the status of each LED. So when you press it, it, it actually stores the fact that it's on or off and then knows to turn it on or off um, depending on the current state. Okay. And that's, that's cool. what I've been working on. Epic. I think that'll be a neat demo for kids when they want to learn how to program because like staring at a screen, like yay, but like putting it on something physical and then like, oh look, this is how a dictionary works and like, this is how the buttons can light up or not. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Cool. It's also fun to just press the buttons. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. From the press. That's the thing with the because they're squishy. No, they're squishy. It's yeah. absolutely. That's look. Look at how happy she is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the bubble. Eat your it's soylent like, it's, it's and like, press the like squishy the buttons. It's like the bubble. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next up. All right, JP. JP. Hey, that's a cool segue. I have a circus aerial performance coming up that could kind of use a prop that is glowy buttons and i might have to just get that circuit python demo running on a on a trellis m4 because that's yeah maybe kind of yeah. ideal for the for the routine i have yeah do a backflip spin around like <laughs> i'll leave it safe yeah uh so last week i had my uh little friend the urban vinyl uh doll money here m-u-n-n-y and uh his little tilt sensing and bluetooth activated action we now have uh both the arduino code for it and circuit Python code for it. So we have two different versions depending on how you want to roll. Um, so that guy makes me happy. You can uh, control him from your phone with the Blue Fruit app if you want, or just tip him over to get color changes. You um, learned a prop maker wing with a blue LED. I should mention it's got a prop maker wing in it. It's stuffed in his foot. And uh, so I put out a guide for that. And I think one of the most valuable tips in it that I don't know uh, if people have tried this before, but cutting these is pretty difficult. It's pretty thick vinyl. Uh, if you heat it with a heat gun, life is a lot easier. So that was my kind of vital tip on on getting inside of these guys to modify them if it involves cutting. Um, so that's money. Uh, I was at Hackaday Super Conference over this past weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Super exciting, fun, hardware hackery type of conference. Lots of great talks, lots of great people doing badge hacks. Um, one of the badges was uh, this main conference badge here, which if I... Let me hit run. This is running basic and I have uh, a little bit of basic code that you can you can see it listed there. And when I run it, it's actually a name badge. It's got my name on there. Wendell Oske programmed that to just give us nice. nice. Um, there were attachments for it. Some people used their Halloween because 400 people got the Halloween. So we saw a lot of those uh, at the conference and some people found interesting ways to attach those. Someone got a, a USB keyboard running on this and I think they were uh, working on trying to type to this, although I haven't found out if that happened or not. Um, and one of the other badges I got was Sky uh, Carrie Sharfglass, who I met a couple of years ago at Maker Faire, made these beautiful badges for DEF CON that are this um, 
dragonfly that uses infrared. So when a few of them get near each other, they sync up their patterns. And you can see the, see the glowing a little better if I diffuse it a bit. Oh yeah, flickery, okay. So lots of badge action there and lots of great talks. They're all on uh, YouTube, so go check out some cool talks. Last thing I wanted to show is a bit of a demo uh, and tease for my live stream tomorrow at four o'clock. And that is using the Trellis M4 uh, both as a MIDI key input and using the um, analog devices ADXL343 accelerometer that's built onto the board, we can tip it and do things like pitch shifting and um, mod wheel. So I've got a demo here of this plugged right into an iPad. See that sort of there without too much reflection. Uh, and I'm just going to play a little chord, and you'll see as I tilt it, I'm going to be changing the frequency of a, uh, a cutoff frequency of a filter. So check it out. And pitch bending. <laughs> go nuts, right? See, Scott is like C this interests me yeah. greatly. magic. Traditional keyboard, you have two little wheels to control those two particular things often, and you can't perform that with a lot of elan. You know, you can't really freak out and shake the wheel unless you pick up the whole darn keyboard. Uh, so I think it's kind of interesting from a from a performance standpoint, besides just playing the music. So okay. yeah, I think it's tune in tomorrow. We'll talk more. Um, fifth element, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up here. Hey, Aaron. Aaron. Um, I have a really simple project that I've been working on this week. It's a little game. I used a circuit playground um, and make code to just code up a little spinner. Um, I couldn't decide what I wanted for dinner, so I made a bunch of choices, and now when I push the button, it plays a little sound and it'll spin around until it stops on my choice, and it looks like I'm having Mexican tonight, so. Um, All right. Yay, ice cream. Taco um, Wednesdays. So it's a real simple little game. Every time I push the button, of course it's gonna work now. Uh, it'll, it'll keep spinning around and, and make a cheese. Um, just, it's just a real simple project. I use MakeCode, um, so it's a really good sort of intro project, and I just published a guide on how to do it. Um, they make the pretty lights and blinky sounds, and it, it was, it's a its a fun little game. All right, nice work, Aaron. Okay, go get some tacos, and uh, you'll see the write-up, everybody, real yeah. soon. Aaron, so Aaron said, spinner, spinner, what's for dinner? I guess that's the name. Ooh, that's a good one. All right, next up, we're going to go to Ben. Hey, Ben. Welcome. I'm your mic, just what you're Hey, guys. Hey. This is me. Uh, hi. Yeah. Uh, so this is my uh, first show and tell, so hello, everybody. And uh, I wanted to show you guys this project product that I've been working on called Duino Bots. So there's these little 3D printed battle bots. Um, and I'm using your guys' uh, blue fruit and your motor driver board uh, in here. Mm -hmm. uh, but basically, each of these 3D printed bases, this is kind of what all the robots have in common. And then you have little different 3D printed armor kits that you can slide onto the base and they just kind of snap on here. That's a good and idea. you can nice. turn them into, yeah, so you turn them into the different different little robots. So I've got a couple different ones. So I've got five of them now, just different armor kits. So they'll 
armor kits are, you know, five pieces to print off. They're pretty simple, um, but they don't really have any functional component. It's all in the base. And then with that, um, I have an, an app that goes along with it. So you can connect to your robot in the app and then uh, you can battle each other. So they have working hit sensors. Um, the hammers actually work. So you can go ahead and hit, hit your other robots. Uh, so you can pair them up together and uh, battle your friends with your, uh, your little robots. All right. Oh, these are great. Well, email supportedadafruit.com and we'll send you a sticker that can be battled, battled on or off one of these robots. And if you send um, an email to PT at Adafruit with a link to any of this, if you want to get the word out about it, let me know and I'll, I'll blog it up on the site. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, like this is still a kind of a work in progress uh, right now. Um, I emailed you guys about a week ago. Uh, I just sent one to support at Adafruit. Oh um, yeah, so email me directly. It might, it might be working its way to me now, but if you could just email okay. PT at Adafruit. PT at Adafruit? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I can send you some. I got a kind of a working build guide and uh, yeah. initial that? Drop, drop stuff. I like this. Um, so BattleBots is interesting because like it got people interested in robotics, but then it drops off really fast. You can't really do anything. And right. this is a really neat use of 3D printing. You can print the armor, you can do stuff, and then you can learn how to build the things, and you can actually do it. So congratulations. Because that that's the only thing about BattleBots. Like, well, no one's going to be able to really do that. And if you're doing that, you're like spending right. $10,000 and it's really tough to do. Yeah, so you can put these one together for like 100 bucks and yeah. and they work forever basically. The the hit sensors all work and you know, you can yeah. do whatever you and want. Tools that have a 3D printer that's doing nothing at all. It's just sitting there gathering dust. Um, that's a good good use of a 3D printer. Okay. Hi, awesome. Ben. Thanks right, guys. We're go to Adam and then we're going to wrap up with C Scott. Okay, Adam. What's what's tiny this week? Is anybody can go last? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, thank you. Okay. All right, C. Scott. C. Scott, you're next. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, guys. Uh, I've been very, very busy this fall, so I haven't been able to do a whole heck of a lot. We just got done with the uh, masses build for the New York keynote uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm just now finishing up um, the um, uh, project where we build a bunch of kiosks, but I thought I would show you... Um, the uh, what we've been working on. Um, as soon as I figure out how this thing works, we want to do application window, Google Hangouts, share. You're going to see yourself in a second. Hello. But um, the first one here is there were 30 uh, kiosks built. Each one has 540 uh, uh, neopixels in it which means we had over 16,000 of them. And when you get that many in, some of them aren't going to work. So we end up having to cut these strips of 144 neopixels up and join them to get working ones. And I said, you know what? All these leftover pieces that we're left with, we're not going to throw them away. I made a circuit board where I can just lay the strips out and make a nice uh, 16 by 16 display. Oh. So you know, that's in the soup. And, you know, I mean, you can get, the, I know you make the grid boards and whatnot that have the little individual pixels already mounted, but I want one where you could specifically take the strips and anchor them at either end and power them up and, and do something with them and give them a, a second lease on life. Um, uh, driving the, uh, those pixels was interesting because we, the, the customer had a little Arduino program that ran everything, and the problem was they kind of, program like they have a gigabyte of space and they don't understand that this is an AVR. It's got that scant of a memory. 
And since they have this like JavaScript packet handler and then 540 LEDs going, it just wasn't going to work. So I had to recode everything to um, uh, use much less memory. And I decided, well, let's just cram a 1284 in there because uh, it will have some more resources. And I got everything to work. So, you know, it was a... Uh, uh, a bit of a challenge since we were under a bit of a time constraint, you know, because we had two projects going at the same time. But um, it, it it should um, uh, work out well in the end because we're in the testing phase now. So that so, work plugs in an Arduino, like into the socket, and just replaces the dip chip with a TQFP. Exactly. Okay, just making sure. The phase two is I'm going to take like your Metro. And slap the toy vd4 on there and then get some of those made and use them directly in the next iteration of this project because you know I look around like nobody really makes an Arduino with the 1284 I mean I've seen various people do little pop sockets like that like I did yeah. but yeah, I wanted one with a few extra bells and whistles that were specific to the application and it's gotten cheap enough third-party manufacturing to get, you know, the necessary number of them put together, so. All right. All right, sounds cool. Come by when that's done, we'll check and, it out. And also, when you're finished and you're not under any time crunch with work, I have a uh, Neo Trellis M4 for you. Oh, awesome, awesome. I was about to say, you know what the, that reminds me of? I, I, I watched the stuff you did with the synthesizer demo, and I watched this you did this evening. It reminds me of Roger Lin's instrument, which is awesome i mean a instrument costs a few thousand dollars and it's like four feet long and it's worth every penny but this gets everybody you, you can the thing that i want to do is is you can program it to emulate the frets of a guitar that's how the instrument's based yeah. and you you know you have the tilt and uh and whatnot to do external modulation effects now he uses pressure sensing but you can kind of work um yeah. work between those two to get a lot of good instrument reactions even though you don't unless those buttons are pressure sensitive if they are then you know that's but yeah i'll i'll i'll, okay. I'll email only, when, only when you're done and you know you want to be distracted drop me a note yeah, i've got some circuit python things i want to do it, but you know, it'll probably be two more weeks and then you know okay all right good timing all right and back to adam adam how's your how's it going Hello again so the reason Hi. I asked to go last is I'm actually just being a bit weird right now. Like buttons are just starting to pop off and whatnot. So it's going great. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's uh, right. Like, yeah, there's the cat for a button. It's very critical to actually run it. And so it's kind of a toothpick stuck in it. Um, that happened about five minutes ago, so that's fine. Uh, but right now I've got an EE display under the screen that I took apart. It's um, fairly interesting, though, uh, because you can actually see kind of coming up the left-hand side that they have all these different signal rows. And we can paint over that real quick. I zoom out for a second. And then zoom back in. Uh, bring the camera over. Okay. You can see we start with um, all of these different data rows that come up. Then we've got these these power buses, and these power buses each go to one transistor. And so data row comes up, powers that transistor, and that transistor takes positive or negative relative for one of these buses, and then sends it across this entire, and sends it across to these pixels, and just on an XY grid, so it's multiplexed. And so each one of these pixels has a large conductive area that interfaces with the screen. So through that through that signal bus, through that transistor, you can vary the polarity of each one of these pixels and then um, form the image on screen through some process modulation. But what's also really fun, oh, my camera is super out of focus. That's 
Yeah, I was going. I was about to say something, but then it went into focus. I'm just like, ah, well. So this is this is the chip that is inside the scanner microscope, and you're looking at that. Yeah. So this is actually a ink display that's been cracked open. I can grab the display. Just give me a second. Uh, so here's the display. Um, this is my old Kindle's display. It um, oh, okay. it, um, it suffered a uh, catastrophic failure. Uh, a, a slide rule, my backpack hit it, which is kind of a great way for ink display to go. Um, so I uh, just delayered it. So just uh, took some bits off it and stuck it under here. So Neat. each one of these is one of the actual backings to the pixel. So this large area you see on it is the conductive area. But what's also cool is I've got my Microsoft's digital acquisition system working fairly well. So I'm able to capture some significantly nicer images. And this is only a 30-second scan, so it's not great resolution or quality. Um, but I'll, I'll, later, I'll do like a two or three-minute scan on it, and we'll get some really interesting stuff. Um, and this was kind of something I threw the microscope really quickly because my original plan did uh, fail uh, catastrophically. Um, so I was also at Supercom this weekend, and um, Scotty from Stranger Parts gave me some really cool kind of just random stuff for the market. Um, and I got this uh, large uh, pile of reject uh, direct on board uh, chips. And what was interesting, though, is that if you look at these, the edge of these um, kind of starts to, like, the manufacturing process kind of goes from here to here and slowly kind of fades out. So you've got this in-between layer where there's no passivation presence, which means there's no glass layer on top. So my theory was I should be able to image this under the microscope, but I had some contamination issues and didn't have time to clean it off properly. So I had to find something else really quickly to put under the scope. Um, which, uh, yes, I had, that's, I had, I think, 10 or so minutes to punt back down uh, before trying to get the machine actually on the air, so. Well, live demos. The ink looks great. Live demo looks good. Yeah, and then next week, maybe, if you get to clean off those chips combined, we'd love to, let, people love looking at chips under oh, yeah. your electron microscope, and you got one, so. Well, uh, I got one more to share real quick, then, if you guys, okay, do we have a second? Yeah. Cool. Um, this was yeah, unfortunately yeah. not captured with my microscope. I got to use uh, one a brand new microscope at a uh, trade or at a conference recently, and um, this one's interesting just because of how high resolution it is. Um, so wow. we can pretty much just—it's not downloading full. There we go. Just keep on zooming in on this thing, and um, see some really interesting stuff. But what I did is I ran the beam at a very very high KV and extracted a very uh, a specific type of electron. That lets me like see through the surface of the chip. So you can actually see kind of there's some parts that look pretty translucent. So the surface of the chip looks like is I'm going to shamelessly pull slide from my talk I gave at Supercon is it has all these pitted surfaces and all these kind of details that's a result of the acid etching. But by using this higher KV beam and a special detector, we're able to punch through that and see through it and kind of uh, gather a lot more information about the chip without having to continuously delayer it, which. And when you have something this high resolution, you can do some really interesting mapping efforts. Like you've got all these kind of like shift register type things here. You've actually got some areas where all these little bright white spots that represent tungsten vias are, you can be fairly certain they're actually storing data in the chip. Okay. Um, which is always a lot of fun to kind of see those like flags physically set in the silicon. Okay. So for more information, people can check out your Woo. talk. We got to go <laughs> okay. to the show. Thanks, <laughs> for, thanks for the there. update. Yeah. Yeah, sorry for sending thanks you somewhere Adam. else. But. Thanks, Scott. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks Phil the, Lee. Thanks, Devin Pedro. Thanks, Katni. Thanks, JP. Uh, thanks, Steve Scott. Uh, and then, thanks, Adam. Play us out. Yeah, play us out. We'll okay, be in. Good.
Thanks, everybody. Next week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, and we'll see everyone on Ask an Engineer at 8 p.m. in just a couple minutes. Bye, folks. Bye, folks. Bye.